Hi, and welcome to episode 79 of K-12 Tech Talk. We're all back this week. Uh, this week, we talk about Chris's dead server and bad backups, and if that turned into a bad situation. Chris is getting some new APs. We talk about Midwest Tech Talk, our new sponsor, Fortinet, and I give a couple scenarios, almost like a choose-your-own-story scenario. Have a listen. This is K-12 Tech Talk. K-12 Tech Talk. The podcast by K-12 Techs for K-12 Techs. Real conversations, real arguments, and real banter on trending K-12 technology topics and issues. Live from the somethingcool.com studios, this is K-12 Tech Talk, episode 79. Everybody's back. This is the first episode for everybody and shoot almost a month i guess um well probably right at a month because it was the last one we were all together was right before uh, my vacation in early june so fellas it's been a while how you been far so good good i've been missing you guys yeah so summer school's out or right no you guys are probably in summer school right now right mark summer school just started the regular school year just ended a couple weeks ago so, cool. yeah. So Chris, you where are you at? What? Where have you been? Oh, I went to Universal Studios with my family. They called it vacation. I called it super busy. My feet hurt and I have a headache. Um, and then I got home and I didn't feel well because my body was rejecting that I didn't actually get a vacation. Tested myself for COVID. It was negative. But so I had a cough and whatever. Maybe it's a new variant. I don't know. So I had universal for a week and then I was down for the count for like three days. COVID. Um, so, yeah, you're back at work. You've had some excitement at work, I think. Uh, you and I yeah, were texting yesterday about that. I, I think, I mean, we we changed over our phone system uh, carrier to a new solution and then, like a couple days after that, we upgraded our internet. We increased our bandwidth. Um, and then tomorrow, we're getting some new wireless at two buildings. And then on Monday, we're getting a bunch of new fiber runs. I think I've jam packed our wow last two weeks. This last week and this coming week are going to really be something. Yeah, all your summer work and do what? And it's not all gone well. We can unpack that a little bit. Yeah, Mark, you've been traveling a little bit, right? Yeah, I went to uh, ISTE uh, about a week or so ago, and uh, and you saw Corey. Um, I would say I spent like maybe three solid days just trying to hunt down Corey because I knew Corey was there. If you uh, follow us on Twitter, you saw some of that play out. <laughs> <laughs> so, so during ISTE, I was texting the two of you saying, "Hey, Corey's here." tell him I'm going to this restaurant or tell him I'm going to this location. And you guys are like, Oh, he was just there. He just left. <laughs> yeah. I, I have the text messages to prove that. Yeah. And, and so I was legit trying to find Corey. I thought this was going to be like a, a monumental event. If I could meet Corey. Yeah. How cool. And then the, the last day I had to fly out early and then my flight got delayed. So I was like, I'm going back to the conference and I'm going to go find Corey. And I, I did not find Corey. <laughs> um, but as I was coming home, I looked on Twitter and I saw that he posted a photo in one of the sessions. 
And he was like a few rows in front of me. And so I replied, hey, it looks like we were right near each other. And he replied, who's this? (laughs) (laughs) Or I don't know you. So uh, I knew it was going to play out like that, Mark. I knew he was going to be a bully. I was very, very let down. I was. So you weren't you didn't meet him. You probably were close enough to smell him. Oh, my. I was I mean, I was. I think I was in shouting distance would be the more uh, professional way of saying. Did it. you ever speak his name aloud? Um, I think I ran up to multiple people that I thought were Corey and was like, Cor- <laughs> no, oh, never mind. Never mind. But were they yeah. eating runts? Was that, was that the determining factor? They were open mouth chewing runts. <laughs> That's a shame. It would have been cool to have a picture of you two together. It would have been weird though. Maybe I like this because we haven't actually met like in person. No, um, Corey would have taken some of that glory away from Josh and I. Yeah. No, and I, I, I will honestly say I was in it. I did a session, and it was a big room, but you know, I could you could see everybody, and I, I think I texted you guys right when the session was starting. Like Corey didn't come to my session, uh, and that was probably the the lowest part. And I just spent the whole session just <laughs> waiting for him to walk in, and he didn't. And I, I honestly felt dumped. I really felt he, just I, I don't know what to say he's really any questions love any questions in the room from anyone whose name is Corey? no yeah. okay yeah yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and and i had i had a team member uh who was there and and she didn't even come to my session but i was more disappointed that Corey didn't <laughs> <laughs> so being at ISTE, what what was the big trend this year at ISTE, or what was the hot topic that everybody was talking about um, you know, I think besides this podcast, obviously. Yeah, no, that was, that was the big trend. I did wear the shirt. Uh, I did wear the K12 or sorry, F- F12 is not hacking shirt. And I got a few comments. Um, so that was one of the trends. I think, you know, I think ISTE is such a large conference. It's hard for me to see a trend and maybe that I just wasn't interesting. It's, it's like 12,000 people. That's crazy. Um, yeah, it's massive. And so I think the the hard part for me is I, I just didn't feel that connection. I didn't feel that like theme or or kind of, you know, single strand running through the event. It, it was just so large. And um, I, I think part of that problem, too, is you have people from m- multiple disciplines. You know, you, yeah. you have real educators, classroom teachers, as well as technical folks. And and they're not gonna they're not gonna align sometimes. Yeah, most yeah. of the time I I don't know. Um, so I, I, did I think teachers were a primary audience of SD. Yeah, and I, I think that's kind of been the trend, hasn't it? I mean, don't they kind of cater towards the not necessarily the gifted educator, but but educators in general. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's more about reaching kids, uh, teaching kids, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. Uh, let's see. I. I spent another week out of the office. I spent a week in the office. My Our offices are being redone. I think I've mentioned we are dislocated or kicked out of our office while they throw up some more walls because they're going to add some external people into our realm, some outsiders. Some um, non-techs. Yeah. yeah. It is what it is. You know, um, I don't know. <clears throat> who, who, what, what's the positions that are coming in? Our PR person and our food service people. 
or the okay. director. So, I mean, there's a good chance we're going to have food if the food service person is coming. So I'm, I'm not too upset about that. I'm going to tell you this though. So years ago, we invited our maintenance director in and he's also over the custodians. And the result of that was a less clean office. Oh, interesting. Because they all think that he's going to kind of handle it, I think, or something. Well, we don't have food, so she's there's no food to handle, so it can only go up. She can only shout out to more. shout out to maintenance director who always wants a plug, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So John. our chances for our chances for food can only go up. Um, but I went over there the other day to my we do. Oh, sorry to interrupt. We do, though. We get to hear all the scuttle now. Oh, yeah, because ma- custodial ma- staff yeah, and the bus they, drivers and maintenance, they know everything. They do know everything. Yes. They, so I'd say my scuttle has increased. I mean, by leaps and bounds. Yeah, they do know everything. It's funny how that works. You're going to know when stuff hits the fan, that PR person being in there. Yeah. But that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, he's a good guy, too. I don't I don't mind him coming in. He's you he's think a good he's guy. a good guy until you see. No, he is. Cleans he, up. We, we work well together. Um, All the stuff that gets shoved under the rug. No. So I was, I was having a backup issue. My, some of my backups were failing. So my Synology, my new Synology freaked out. So I had to fix that. And in the process, I went over there to look at the backup server to see what errors it was throwing. And I walk in the room and I hear this loud, like, like grinding noise. And I'm like, what, what is going on? This is not good. Because the only thing that's powered on in there is is this computer room. So I walk in this new hallway they've created and I turn the corner and there's a guy with a floor buffer and he's got like a big sand pad on the bottom of the floor buffer and he's buffing the glue off the concrete and it's creating this cloud of dust. I look and the door to the sur- to the computer room is standing wide open and I look in there and it's just everything is caked in dust. Part of the pre-construction meeting was that they were to secure that room and seal it to their best of ability to keep <laughs> dust out of that room and I guess they interpreted that as leave the door standing wide open. Oh sure. So <clears throat> I a qu- few quick um tense conversations with our maintenance director who then had a few tense conversations with the general contractor. Um, they quickly stopped. So we will, um, we will see where this goes after that, but I got my backups fixed. Thankfully. Nice. I just, uh, talking about backups. So when I was at universal, I forget how many days, I think I was one or two days into that, uh, our transportation, uh, program, sits on a server by itself, uh, started getting alerts that it was down, uh, which it's an okay time for that program to be down. It's not like we're doing a bunch of heavy bus route changes or anything right now, Uh, but it was toast. So it had um, rebooted or whatever, but it it would no longer boot. Uh, There were severe Windows boot issues with said server. Uh, So... Uh, my network admin messed with that quite a bit. We realized then like even my Veeam backups. So weird. This server had been fine uh, for, I mean, months. Uh, It was alive and well, whatever caused it to crash, crashed. But we went like 25 days back in backups and every single one of those would not boot. And that was with a Veeam elevated ticket. Uh, They 
And they even tried to pull it off of, they were just trying to spin it up like with anything. They even tried to spin up with like ESXi, uh, couldn't get it going. Um, but that pointed out to us that particular server, at least for whatever reason, it, we, we didn't do it right with kind of our backup scheme where we, we legit just had 25 days of backups, but we didn't have like a, you know, the whole grandfather, father, son oh, stuff. Yeah. We didn't have, it would have been nice to go back 30 days or 45 days, you know, that could have saved us. Of yeah. course, we legit just had 25 days back with that server. And so for whatever reason, those 25 days, it was backing up fully, no errors or anything. Uh, but when you try to spin it up and boot it, it, it crashed and burned. So and they couldn't wow. really help us figure that out. So I got back. That's one of the servers, that transportation program. That's kind of my baby. Uh, so I did, when I got back, I had to spend like a day and a fourth uh, installing things. We had a good backup of the database. Uh, I had to pump all that stuff back in. So not fun either. How rare is that? Of course, it picks vacation for me, you know, for all that play out but right yeah hmm. so you're getting some access points next week are they aruba tomorrow access points so aruba a proud sponsor of the k12 tech talk podcast they've been in it for the long game with us since the early early episodes and then provision data solutions also a proud sponsor they're showing up tomorrow our ap's are in our 500 series ap's uh so our middle school and high school will get brand spanking new access points so we're pretty excited. Are they, you said 515s? Yeah, 515s. What's the next one up? Uh, five. 35s. Yeah, there's a couple of those, I believe, as well. I think there's some 505s, too, if I'm remembering right. Cool. Are you, just, are you swapping out access points, or do you actually install more? How do you handle it now? Um, so that's kind of been one of those deals that's changed over time. Uh, so Mike, my network admin, he goes to uh, Aruba Atmosphere Conference. Um, and we last several years, we've sent him to the extra training. But what that's done for us used to we just picked the model and we just, you know, sprayed APs everywhere. Uh, but he's actually learned quite a bit about uh, looking at different statistics. And we have uh, Airwave. We have, we have the mobility controller as well. So we scheme up pretty good every time we look at this. Uh, and we'll put particular models in particular areas. Sometimes we'll say, hey, we don't actually need that AP here. Uh, just minor changes, of course. Okay. Uh, but it, it's pretty much a pull it down, put it back up, rip and replace kind of thing. But there's some areas that we've tweaked over time. Uh, that's a benefit of that conference that I see yeah. the fruit of it. Yeah. Cool. cool. So that's hopefully tomorrow. They'll be talking about maintenance director stuff. We had a meeting today. It's the best and worst time to do that kind of work, right? So custodians are cleaning everywhere, which means... We have APs that could be difficult to get to. So we we tried to schedule in advance all that. And then we powwowed today to see what rooms were completely off limits and uh, just to coordinate well with the buildings as we're running around. Yeah. Our Chromebooks uh, that we ordered showed up last uh, two weeks ago. Um, and now, <clears throat> thanks to our summer help, who is behind me, um, we they've all been uh had their cases applied to them and they are all out of, out and ready to be handed out so we're excited to have those in um earlier than expected uh and we're just we're glad to actually have them because the ones that we had originally ordered uh were end of life and then i get an email today from a vendor that we bought some switches from 
that when we placed the order, they had originally said Christmas would be the expectation for delivery. Uh, and we ordered those back in March. <clears throat> Chris, you'll be interested to hear this. I got an email today saying that they were uh, due to be delivered to the warehouse today. Awesome. So we might be getting them in a couple of weeks. So that's, um, and it's, it's the 48 port switches, not our 24, the 24 ports they say are still delayed Sweet. until October. Um, so hopefully I told him, I said, well, I want it done by the first week of our, that first week of August is our drop dead because people come back and I'm actually going to Baltimore uh, that next week. So we've got about two and a half weeks, three weeks to get this project done. And, and they, they think they might be able to get it in and get it done. So um, I'm, I'm excited happy about that to get that done. Those are those um, exceptional switches. Yes. Um, extraordinary. So speaking extraordinary about network switches. Yes. <laughs> about conferences real quick. Chris, do you want to talk about Midwest Tech Talk real quick? Heck, I, yeah. Uh, so Midwest Tech Talk is coming up soon. We have 31 vendors. I'm pretty sure that's our highest vendor count ever. Do you remember? I, I That has to be our highest. I think we hit 30 before. I'm not sure. Uh, but 31 vendors, great vendors showing up. And we're at like 250 or so attendees, uh, which is also like a pre-COVID number. So we're pretty excited about that. Uh, it's July 17th is the kickoff. And then there's an after party. And then it's Monday, Tuesday, the 18th and the 19th. Um, so we're excited about that. We still take, if you email the Midwest Tech Talk uh, email if you're wanting to attend this and you are super late and wanting to do so, uh, it'll probably be me that gets back to you and I can send you a promo code uh, to give you a ticket. You won't get our sweet swag, uh, but you can still probably get in. We have a couple spots left. Uh, but one of those sponsors, I don't know if Josh, you wanted me to do this now, but I'm going to do it. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, is Fortinet, uh, and they are a Platinum Plus sponsor. Uh, of Midwest Tech Talk. Uh, what's that mean? That means that we get to plug them a little bit on the podcast. Uh, and Josh, you use their stuff, right? Am I yeah, right? We, yeah, we've got Fortigate. Yep. So what do you have with them? I've got two Fortigate firewalls. Okay. Well, actually three, if you count the one that, yeah. Yeah, I've got and a couple what, of Fortigates. That's what you went to? After SonicWall. So my DDoS story, uh, we were, it's been several years ago. We uh we were DDoSed. I, I remember calling you, Chris, in a panic, telling you what was going on. And um, the Sonic, we had a Sonic wall, I want to say 5,600. It just puked. It, it rolled over. Uh, couldn't handle the traffic coming in. And this was back when we had a gig pipe. Um, so I called one of my vendors that I had, I guess, I think bought the Sonic wall from at the time. I said, hey, this is going on. We're getting DDoSed. I, I know this because I've done XYZ. They said, well, we don't really have anything that we could help with the sonic wall but we've got this new fortigate firewall laying in the corner that we just got back from a demo from another I was gonna site say, i remember you doing this when like fortinet to me was like a new yeah quote unquote new company but, but like they weren't up and new. coming like in our area or whatever yeah they, but they they've been around for a while so yeah. the, the vendor brought the fortigate down and we plugged it in and problem solved problem went away i i said hold on, let's just make sure it didn't stop. So we unplugged everything from the Fortigate, plugged the sonic wall back in and everything died. It would, the, the attack was still going on. The sonic wall flat could not handle it. We plugged the Fortigate in and it, it chewed it up and just went on its merry way. Sweet. Um, so I, I was a believer, <clears throat> signed a PO the next day for a Fortigate firewall. Um, awesome. 
and we've been we've been with them since. I've replaced two since then, so it's probably been about six years since that. Oh happened. wow, that's been longer than I thought. Um, so yeah, we we're happy Fortigate customers. The um, actually, I had a little Fortigate story. I did a an upgrade firmware update on my Fortigate, my main Fortigate, last night. Um, and it's funny how the clock ticks on that. You know, it's okay. It backs up the config. I got the config. I'm going to reboot now. Are you sure? Yes. And the the clock starts ticking. And I, I had a ping running, a no timeout ping running. Okay, I see packets being dropped. Two minutes goes by, on the, goes by on the clock. I'm like, hmm, it's been two minutes now. When's this sucker coming back up? Uh, total total downtime. Yeah, I, I was pacing. Yeah. Uh, total downtime was only about five minutes, so it it wasn't it wasn't horrible. Uh, so yeah, we their their form firmware updates have gotten better. Uh, so yeah, I'm a I'm a super happy Fortigate customer. And Chris, something with Midwest Tech Talk that we haven't pointed out: all of the vendors that come to Midwest Tech Talk are vendors that were suggested by or recommended by attendees. So it's not like we just do an open cold call for vendors to come in and sponsor stuff. It's vendors that have been recommended by people attending. So they have real life use case in the state of Missouri. People vouch for them. These are good vendors. These aren't jerks. These aren't fly by night companies. Yeah. So I was going to say, I, I, I mean, we pride ourselves in that whole bit because we kind of flipped the script on how the vendor hall works. Most vendors, most companies think, well, if, if we pay the money we're in. Right. Um, and they're easy to schmooze like that or whatever, but, we do a survey to the attendees of the previous year. We say, who do you want to see? And if you don't make that list, which also means um, a, like a school district, a person that attends, they have to intentionally think about who they're going to. We don't give like a list. It's just a blank type in who you want. Uh, and then we only allow those folks uh, to come. So we pride ourselves in telling people that they can't attend our conferences, vendors. Uh, and it's actually a lot of fun to tell these companies no, like I love it. It's one of the most fun things that we do. I think when we're planning the thing. So, so long- Ford, that's going to be there. Uh, their session is on defeating ransomware while promoting education, cybersecurity. Uh, and they're just going to go through stuff that leaders should do to prepare for uh, these continuing waves of ransom, ransomware attacks, uh, all that kind of, kind of stuff. They're going to talk about endpoint detection, uh, in response to that kind of thing. It'd be a, that's what we tell them to these vendor showcase sessions. We say tech guys don't want sales pitches. Uh, give us some actual stuff that we can take back home. So should be a different kind of session in the checkout. So check out Fortinet. Uh, and if you're coming to Midwest Tech Talk, check out their vendor session. And a quick, yeah, um, Mark, we will in a minute. Um, uh Real quick, if you are going Mark, to... by the way, Mark is trying to be very secretive with something. He just chatted it. And then Josh is like, yeah, Mark, we'll talk about it. Okay. Um, <laughs> I will I, I will be uh, doing a roundtable at the uh, ISAC conference uh, next month in Baltimore. So if you are going to that, if you're a listener, if you're on the East Coast and you're going to the ISAC conference, stop by my session. Um, it's going to be about rolling out MFA in K-12. It's a panel discussion and say hi. Um, I'll, uh... so I, before we get to Mark's topic, I want to run a scenario by each of you and I want to see what your actions would be. Okay. <clears throat> you walk in Mark to school. Mark goes first. Okay. Shut it down. And, and, well, okay. <laughs> and that's, that's a prime example. Next question, please. Uh, um, so, <laughs> and listen. Sir, that's, that's it, right? 
Uh, turn off the server. No, would not be applicable in this scenario. Um, <laughs> listeners, email us with your response on how you would handle this as well. K12techtalk at gmail.com. Um, so you walk in to work uh, the morning after applying a new firmware update to your firewall. And you log into the firewall just to see what things look like to make sure that, you know, you don't have any new cool new features or if logs changed or anything like that. While looking at the logs, you notice an interesting entry in the log, a block of Netflix on an address from one of your buildings that should not have anyone in it at 5 a.m., but yet you were blocking Netflix traffic at 5 a.m. What would you do? And I'll, I'll, I'll lead into this. I'll, I'll give a little bit more information in a minute. What, what, would be your, what would be your first action? So you're seeing Netflix from a building that you know Netflix is blocked. Net, the, the log is showing that it, the action was blocked and the traffic occurred at 5 a.m. Uh, for me, it's a narrow list of people. I mean, first off, I, don't, I, I think I just wouldn't care about Netflix. <laughs> but, um, I mean, if I, let's just say if, if I see interesting behavior yes. interesting to right. me at 5 a.m., yes. Uh, and my first response would be, well, so who's in the building at 5 a.m.? We'd probably look at it. We have our tap card, you know, entry to our door. Right. We might ask for, you know, who is in the building at 5 a.m. When when we see early morning activity, it's a very narrow list of people. And it's pretty much the custodian and maybe the, the principal who's who's going to be in it. So if I needed to 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 reach out or if I needed to investigate the activity, I'd probably start there. Um, I probably would honestly start with just using the tap card logs to see who was in the building at that time and and then go from there. Chris, any idea what you would do first? Call Mike. 5 a.m. is interesting. I don't like those jabs, Josh. I never have. Um, I mean, I feel like I could look up pretty quick to see what user it was um, with light speed. So, I mean, any of that, like I said, sticking or like I didn't say, but sticking with what Mark said, uh, if any kind of log kind of hits you like, oh, what's that about? That's different. Sure. Uh, even if it's minute, we, I mean, we tend to try to chase the rabbit just to see what it is and okay. let your gut kind of do the thing. So I think I'd investigate it just to see. Um, in- it itself isn't a bad thing. We block Netflix all the time during the regular school year. Right. Like 5 a.m. super, that's weird. So, so I, I'd, I'd, <laughs> I'd look up and at least find a username, I think. I think I'd spend that much time. In chasing the rabbit, you see that the traffic uh, continued for several hours. This is like a choose your own adventure where no, it was like, you know what? This, page this 27. Is, you know what I'm trying to do? This is, I'm, I'm trying to uh, do a backdoor and breaches card game scenario, but this actually happened <laughs> to me this morning. I'm, I'm trying to lay this out as a, a backdoor and breaches scenario. But do you go uh, into the cave. I, I did this. Or do you go into the forest? This happened to me this morning. Flip to page 42. Yeah. <laughs> you die. So <laughs> in, in going down, ch- chasing that rabbit, you see that traffic pretty much happened every hour all night. Okay. It's uh, a certain IP address. You have you have an IP uh, from the log in the firewall. So I'm just going to say it. What I did was I went to my switches in that in in that building. I started at the MDF and did a show MAC address table to show me what ports 
that MAC address and IP are related. Can to. we call timeout so you couldn't put the username easy? Uh, I could. It was not being displayed in the firewall, which told me there were. It likely was not a domain join device, which yeah, also okay. made me worried. Yeah, I got you. So. <clears throat> I started looking at MAC address tables and the switches to figure out what ports that MAC address was being seen on. Track it down to a uh, closet, an IDF, um, and track it down to a port. What's your next move? I uh, shut it down. I think I think so it started. I, right. Yeah, you're this, you started with it. That's why yep. I said you were right. Yeah. Shut yeah, it he down. wouldn't have done any right. of this. Right. Shut it down and then wait for someone to complain. It's kind of you know our our mode of operation. That's our mo. <laughs> Unplug it. See who calls. Um. So I about that let's, time. Let's mark get. Let's mark get. Uh, I'm not done. Uh. <laughs> I, I'm not even. I'm not even close to the real question I'm posing to you two. Um, and I I wouldn't have done all that crap. You just. I don't, I don't know how far I would have gotten. I think it would have moved on already. So about this time, my cohort, Jim, comes in. I'm telling him the story who, you got to know Jim, uh, salty old dog of an IT professional, been around for 25 years, no nonsense, cut him off of the knees, we'll see who calls later. You know, that that type of mentality. Jim's awesome. So we're talking through this and he's like, let's go unplug it. So I said, well, let's do one better. We don't even need to go there to unplug it. I can just disable the port and see what happens. So I disable the port. Traffic stops. I was going to say, you can see it's still active, right? Yes, it it is still connected. And I'm seeing traffic in the firewall. So I disable the port. Okay. So then after our our third person in the office comes in, we're like, okay, now that somebody else is here, we're going to go see where this line runs. Get get him, boys. I have to be a little vague with what I'm about to say next. I, I just can say in my mind, I'm going right back to when you guys all jumped in the van and drove down to the transportation. Yard oh yeah. After like the, the phony the TSA, TSA <laughs> yeah. guys, yeah. They're like throw on their badges, like jump in the car. Let's get yep. down to the building and find out who's watching Netflix. Jim, yeah, exactly. get the truck. Get, get, well, I get in the, get in the Jeep van. Come on. Or get in the Jeep, Jim. We're going. <clears throat> did one of you did one of you throw the keys across the room and the other person just caught it in their hand? They're like, let's do this. <laughs> no, we didn't do that. But I could see they made a lasso out of cat sticks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we go over to that building, we go to that IDF, we find the port. It's of course not. I'm I'm you're gonna judge me if I tell too much of this, but we unplug it, okay? We don't know where it runs. Jim and I are kind of thinking we know that we have a we have a likely suspect list going in our heads and we're making bets between each other. Okay, is it this person or this person? And this is because they were trying to watch Netflix at 5 a.m. No, it it wasn't truly because of Netflix. It was because the traffic stood stood out to me at that time of day and night when there's should be no one in that building. Okay, I got you. So, yes, suspicious traffic. We start tracking. So, like I said, Jim's been there forever, 25 years. He goes, you know, I think I know where this line runs. So we get in the ceiling. We, we start pulling on it. <clears throat> we see where it goes out of our IDF and, and heads down the hall. He's like, I, I think I know where this goes. So we go, we go down the hall. We go in this closet. He's like, I think it's that line up there in the ceiling. So we track it down. We track it down. He goes, I remember running this line. It was a pain in the ass. It, it goes down this stairwell. I had to get on this giant extension ladder and run it down this stairwell. So we, we go on this stairwell. Do we you go have down there. Living in your school, 
like are there people who have like squatted in your school it could have you could yes in this scenario this could have what i'm about to tell you could have better be good easily allowed someone to use our internet in our parking lot nobody would have known so we go down into an area let's say it is controlled by a sports team someone had brought in a residential grade wireless router and plugged it into a port and I, I assume they were connecting their their devices to that <laughs> to that <clears throat> to upload film game film do what do whatever so this is my real question to you you two and our listeners email us what your reaction would be <clears throat> if you caught a teacher a sporting team you know sports ball um with a rogue residential access point what's the fallout what 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 do you do do you just unplug it and say hey don't do this do you oh, take I, it to administration what 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 are you what do you do i i've been in a situation i've been in a school <laughs> and i found a rogue personal access point and i unplug it and i put it in my bag and i leave the building and i oh. never mention it oh I no kidding <laughs> yeah i take it I, uh, I uh yeah I think I'd take it, um, and I'm for sure getting like the AD involved or the building principal or whoever. Uh, I remember two school districts ago when I was a technician. Oh, I could say with uh, uh, Jay. Yeah. Uh, our 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 network parts of it would go down, and it was like, an, and like we ended up having to just troubleshoot through fiber stuff, and like to figure out what. This is, I mean, this is like 15 something years ago uh, to figure out what building was the thing bringing us down. Sure. Yeah. Figuring, figuring out what building it was. And then Jay and I like had to like scour through classes and literally going through rooms because it was only at certain parts of the day even. And it ended up being this deal with this teacher with a small switch and only at a certain part of the day did she use it. But when she used it, she was causing a loop. Uh, but we were like, just, it was just like ridiculous. I remember how mad we were, but Jay, Jay was director. Uh, and to get the principal involved, like we can't, I mean, we have them sign right. papers that say you're not going to do this. Right. So what did you do? Uh, quickly, because it's sports ball. Um, I, what I did is I took that, there's only one drop that goes into that location. So the likelihood of them taking that device and moving to another drop is, is nil. I went ahead and moved that drop into the VLAN for our guest wireless network, which does not touch, does not touch my network. It goes out straight to the firewall and out has a more restrictive firewall policy applied to it as far as filtering goes. Um, But it, it is going to be a discussion of how in, in that environment, we don't own, you know, I don't have control over any of those devices. Sure. They're provided by God knows who. I'm not going to put them back on my production network that they can touch any other device if they do. And I understand the need for access in that space. I, I completely get it. I was going to say, usually that junk, right? So there's some kind of neat, I mean, for some reason, something there, there, there was probably a, there, there probably is some kind of legit need there. Yes. 
and just the proper protocols and the proper way to get there is there's it's the website that starts with the letter H. We'll just put did you yes. ever figure out who was watching Netflix no. at 5 a.m.? <clears throat> no. The only thing I can figure is there's one of two scenarios. There is a device down there that for whatever reason is on, was connected to that access point and had a Netflix app on it and was put, trying to hit that and Voodoo and Amazon all night long, like every hour. Like, I don't know if the app was running in the background. I don't know. Or the web passphrase that was on it had been cracked and someone was sitting in the parking lot because it was relatively close to the exterior of the building. I don't know. I really don't know. So I'm, tonight I'm, or tomorrow when I go in, I'm going to, I'm going to look and see if I can see what went on overnight. Hmm. Drama. Weird. Very weird. So mm-hmm. Mark, bring up your topic that you sent our chat about. Uh, well, so y- you actually chatted this to us last night, said, go to uh, www.shi.com and pulled up the website. And, uh, you know, a very unfortunate situation for SHI, they posted a message that over the July 4th weekend, they were hit with a very targeted malware attack. Um, At the time of this podcast, I believe the message is still up there um, and they are, uh, they did a heroic effort to get their systems back up and running and uh, and slowly get their folks back into email. But it sounds like it was a pretty targeted uh, and, uh, and destructive attack on uh, SHI's systems. I don't know how uh, widespread the damage is or 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 how long standing the damage will be. Um, but it seems like they're they're starting to get themselves back up. But their website has been replaced by a single message that just kind of explains exactly what I just said. Uh, I've, I've reached out to a few folks. I don't quite have any more information on it. I don't know if either, either one of you does. No, uh, I forgot to today. But, uh, if you guys are, if you are listening from SHI, we, you know, our hearts are with you right now. I know that this is a tough, tough situation for you guys to be in. Uh, wish you guys a speedy, speedy recovery. And that tip came from, uh, let me look at my notes here. Uh, a new listener by the name of uh, Corey, I believe. So, yeah. I, I, is it Corey with a K? Is it Corey? Yeah. I've been trying to find you, Corey. Uh, it, was, it was Corey that texted me about that last night. Um, <laughs> so, I got another question for you guys. We have a little bit more time. When people leave, uh, retire, go to I turn it off. Shut well, it down. And it, that's a great answer because I'm, at, I'm to that point. Um. When a faculty member leaves, retires, goes to a new district, how we've talked about you, you disable their accounts after a period of time, their contract expires. What do you allow them to do before you disable their account? Like, do you have takeout enabled? Uh, what, what are, are, do you have any concerns with takeout and the mass download effect from takeout? You know, if they say, I want to download all my drive documents if there's student data contained in, in those files and drive uh, and they take that to another platform, another school, even their personal account, you know, that's, that's exfiltration of student data. How, how do you guys handle that? Or do you take the hard stance of any content that you have in your drive was likely created on school time and is then right. school property. So really you shouldn't be taking it with you to a new resource. What, what's you guys' thoughts here? Uh, 
I have, I have thoughts. Uh, I will first tell you exactly what we do. So uh, if you're a Google district, you know what takeout is. If you are, uh, if you're not a Google district, so takeout is uh, a tool or website that allows teachers or staff to migrate contents uh, of their Google drive, Gmail calendar. They can either download a copy of it or they can just transfer the contents to another Gmail account. Um, we, a little bit of a change in the last year, uh, we've turned off takeout for central office staff, uh, but we still allow it for school-based staff. And that was simply based uh, on another large district that I had talked to. And that was a policy that they had had. Um, is that the right policy? I don't think it's a yes or a no answer. I think, you know, are we allowing staff to potentially take student information with them? Yes. We're also allowing them to take lesson plans that will allow them to, to do their job in their, in their next district. And so, you know, I think you could take the hardline approach and say anything that's created in your district account is property of the district, including student information, including lesson plans that may have been generated in your role here in the district. But um, that kind of stuff is going to happen. And, uh, you know, teachers are going to take stuff with them from their online accounts. And I would rather have visibility and know what has been taken rather than to right. kind of turn a blind eye, knowing that it's already, that it's still happening. Yeah. So the stance that we took recently, and, and part of this was driven by a lawsuit um, against the school district in Southeast Missouri, uh, that a teacher unknowingly, knowingly, one way or another, ended up with the contents of her drive on her personal Gmail account, and it turned into a big problem, um, big problem. So we, we've disabled takeout for our staff um, in, in the thought or with the thought that we still allow them to do file, download, save as PDF, Word doc, whatever, of any other document that they have in their drive. <clears throat> but by doing so, our, our interpretation and our logic behind this is, by doing it one by one, they actually have to open the file and, and look at the file to see if it contains student data. So they are at least cognizantly looking at that document before they download it. Whereas with takeout, it's it's an all or nothing drive thing. So that that's and it's we've had some ruffled feathers because of that. But I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, our so our takeout is off and I have I copy paste the same sentences as people are leaving and they're asking. I tell them they're free all day to do the whole click, click, click. I even give the instructions on how to use like the shift key as opposed to the control key or copying files and folders in Google Drive and right clicking and downloading that thing. But that's as much of the support uh, as we give. We had similar, but it didn't, it wasn't anything bad. Uh, but I had a sped teacher one time. Uh, it was when we were moving to uh, SysCloud or one of those that, kind of, and I mean, Google can do it too, but it, it was doing good auditing of telling you like what files are shared and there's sensitive data out there. Yep. There was it one was. teacher that was flagged terribly and she had shared every single file and there was IP stuff, everything else in there uh, with her personal Google oh, uh, it, and like full edit rights, you know, with it. And it just, I mean, it was, it, it freaks you out. Right. Because again, like tech guys and tech ladies, we like control uh, as we should too, with 
uh, that important data. That's our job to keep that safe. Well, so when you see that happening and there's, I mean, that's kind of, that's the good and bad of Google and collaboration. And like, it's great that we can collaborate. It's great that we can collaborate with other school districts and share data. It's great that you can share stuff with your personal account as you need to, but it can get really scary really fast too. But no, really we turn fast. off takeout. I've taken slack on that several times, especially a great teacher going to a, a neighboring school. And I trust that like that school's, uh, I would trust, I would completely trust that process and that person. Yeah. It's, it's nothing yeah. about any of that, but like, I just can't, just yeah. can't do it. Yeah. So yeah, those are, those are recent uh, discussions that we've had to have, unfortunately. So we've been at it for a while. Any closing thoughts tonight, guys, on episode 79? It's good to have everybody back. Yeah. For sure. I was going to, let me chug through two of these, I think, real quick. So some listener emails, one from Connor. Uh, he just said he wanted to give some support, throw some support to ClassRink's roster server. Uh, they use their, it's an on-prem solution, very customizable, included with ClassLink subscription. Uh, so they talked about their workflow as PowerSchool to ClassLink and then AD and Gmail. Uh, so listener Connor wanted to make sure he said that to us. Uh, then listener Chris uh, said, just binge, got caught up, love the show, a few years back my boss wanted me to reimagine our inventory and get away from spreadsheets uh the require the requirements were my sql open source and have an api uh he spent a bunch of time using a web server to create work workflows uh, but now they automate things like even unlocking doors deprovisioning chromebooks by the use of apis uh he actually offered to come on the chat to talk about using apis more with your day-to-day -day work That'd be so pretty cool. Do you guys, I, I, that's an easy <clears throat> one where I'm like, yeah, I wish we did far more of that kind of stuff. Yeah. The, the most I do bulk wise like that is with GAM or GAM ADV, which GAM ADV, I, I love GAM, but if, if you haven't looked at GAM ADV, it, it's, it's even more powerful than GAM. And um, man, we've been disabling, we've been running some commands the last couple of days that, you know, your typical create 300, this sounds nothing to mark, but you know, create 300 accounts, disable 300 accounts, and it's done in 20 minutes. You know, it, it's it's awesome. Um, I'm sure he creates like 3,000 accounts at the beginning of the year. Oh, uh, yeah, Mark, from a big school. I, look, I don't create any. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I think we've established many times over that I don't do anything. Nice. Uh, and also like my that. team, after listening to a lot of the episodes, would like to come on here and concur uh, oh that you don't yeah. do anything yeah 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 they they really enjoy when you guys make fun of me so that's uh, funny appreciate so that. you said summer school has started has the sailboat school started uh i think so yeah yeah oh you're, you're not teaching this year i'm not no i don't you handed so. over the keys to the sailboats uh i, I hand over the lines yes oh, is that the phrase the lines okay yeah 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 yep. the jib you handed over the jib i yep handed it right over Here's the jib. All right. Uh, any closing thoughts, gentlemen, Chris? I hesitate to do this. <laughs> no, I feel good. Let's see. Something cool.com studios. Did yeah, we, we hit it, right? Yeah. I feel good about that. PDSHP Aruba. Fortinet. 
Florida net. We feel good. Yep. NASCAR up in here. <laughs> Mark, Mark, any any final thoughts? I I am good. I will. Uh, hopefully, we'll see you guys next week. All right. Uh, Mark, good. are you coming to Midwest Tech Talk? Mark, no, I'm he's, not, he's going further west than I'm us. I'm going to the west, but I'm not going to Midwest Tech Talk. Next year. Yeah. Next year. He won't even come see me in Baltimore, but whatever. That's whatever. no, but we are. I mean, or I don't know. It's my goal that the three of us are going to meet in person in the next year. And I'd like for us to hit up a couple conferences together. That's I, my goal. I, I mean, I, I, I tried at Disney. I tried, but yeah, I know you did. Somebody, you did. somebody yeah. didn't want to see me. Yeah. All right. That was episode 79. Thanks for listening. Give our, so our, good Lord, give our, our sponsors some love. Tell them you heard about them on our podcast. Shoot us an email, k12techtalk at gmail.com. We're on Twitter too. We're on LinkedIn. Find us, give us some love. Uh, tweet with us. Chris loves getting tweets and interacting with fans. He, he, just, he absolutely loves it. Uh, thanks for listening. See you, see you next week.